Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coombs. And it uh, almost feels like spring out there this morning. It's quite nice. And uh, I think it's about plus one or two out there already. It was plus nine or ten yesterday. So gorgeous day. One thing is the snow, as warm as it's getting, it doesn't seem to be melting Super fast. I know we don't got a lot of snow in some areas and stuff where the sun's been hitting, but I know on, in my front yard, it, it, I have a west-facing front yard, and um, the snow just doesn't seem to melt. Even on these warm days, you get a little bit of water going, but not much even on the warm, warm days. So kind of interesting how that works. Um, I think the, the sun units, when the sun gets a little bit higher up in the sky, we'll start seeing the seeing the big melt come on. So anyways, gorgeous, gorgeous out there so enjoy this time of days and if you need to apply some bobex if you're out in the country or if you have any issues with um, deer or rabbits things like that these warm days are perfect time to reapply your second or third application of bobex onto your your tender evergreens or your tree trunks or wherever those critters loved because this is the time of year when they get a little hungry, they've eaten the tops of uh, everything else, and and now if the snow has melted, they've exposed the trunks and different shrubs. So you'll want to get out there and uh, and apply your bobex, and also for your tender evergreens, the wilt proof. Uh, another application of that is good for your cedar, especially it's been it's it's really dry. So uh, if you want to do that right now, is a great time to do that as well. Apply the the wilt proof onto your to your evergreens and that'll make all the difference. It's like the lip balm for your evergreens. It'll make everything hold in nice and tight and moist for the springtime. And uh, you might want to even give them a quick little wash off, get a little bit more water into into the ground. It doesn't hurt to, to wash off your evergreens, your junipers, things like that. Get the uni nozzle out, get everything a quick hose down. And you'll see the difference. the The trees and the shrubs they 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 totally enjoy that. They they enjoy a little shower in January. So, anyways, just a, a little update. I still have my uh, my basalt fountain going. It looks like a little bit of an iceberg from those cold few days that we did have. And uh, but it's amazing. The birds love it still. They come sit on top of the rock, and when the water coming up, they get to have a little drink. So, um, still still keeping that going. So. That's kind of interesting. Long as I've had it going, sort of thing, right into the into mid January now. So just keep filling up the reservoir with water, and and the water keeps going. So really good. If you like to join me, the phone lines are wide open. We got John and Dale online, but we have a couple other lines open. If you want to give us a shout, four zero three nine seven four eight two five five. Or one eight hundred five six three seven 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 zero. Excuse me. Those are the talk and text line. And uh, today we're going to talk about house plants again. It's always a popular topic. And today I have another local Instagram uh, fella. He's going to join me. His name is Jesse. He's going to call in, and uh, his tag is at Plant Filled Apartment. And uh, he has a six hundred square foot apartment. And it is full of plants. So Jesse's going to call and we're going to talk about houseplants and what's with this phenomena on on houseplants. And it's really the foliage plants, like in the ones that like a split leaf philodendron, things like that. Those are super popular right now. And uh, so anyways, we we're, we're definitely see a big upkick 
in the plants and in Ozoe and, and I on the plants available are always trying to find more and more house plants of the foliage varieties whenever they come available. And that is a little bit of a challenge when you're up here in Canada. We're not near the, the Florida growing places. And uh, so it takes us a little bit more to get them up here on a timely basis. But we typically have a new shipment once a week. So come check us out for the new plants. Super excited. We got a whole new line of indoor pots Lots of the new white. White, this plain white is super popular right now. It's kind of interesting. And uh, so outside, I can't sell a white pot almost. But inside, they people love the white right now. So that's what's big on Pinterest and, and Instagram and things like that. So we're going to go to the phone line, and we're going to go to John. He's uh, he's up to bat first thing. Good morning, John. Good morning, Merle. How are you, sir? I sure like your comment or having that... Uh in in house plant uh, program today. Yeah, no, that, I, it's always uh, lots to talk about. And the house plants, I I find really just make everything feel good. If you go home and if you have a few plants in the house, it's it's a nice feeling. Yes, and uh, first off, I'm saddened to hear about uh, Peter Watts. Absolutely, Peter's a, a fabulous man. Him and I did a bi-weekly interview. He'd call me every Thursday, and I knew him, and I would joke about, hey, we, we'd always ad-lib, but we always, he goes, hey, it's almost like we do what we're doing, and um, definitely Peter is uh, very fond in my memories, and uh, and uh, hopefully this uh, ends the his last few days, and uh, we, all our thoughts are with his family and everybody, and uh, he's a great man. So. Yes, and uh, other than that, my poinsettia yeah. uh, is uh, turning green. It's supposed to. It is? Yeah, that's what they do when they're done blooming, That's uh, and then they go green when they're done, so that when they're done sending out the red bracts, and, yeah. and the flowers, actually just the top little flowers on the top, those little yellow flowers, that's actually the flower. Um, so, and then it'll just go back to being green and like a regular house plant until next year, right. until you get the timing right again. That kind of proves what I know about, uh, poinsettias, eh? Uh, no, <laughs> but a lot of people don't realize that they, like, even when you're, like, if you're down in Mexico and that, they, they use them as like a shrub. They're like a nine bark down there, like, or, uh. Like, I've seen them as hedges. I've seen them like a Catoni Aster hedge, a row of poinsettias in some of the little villages and things like that. So it's, uh, they're quite a, they can grow quite tall. I know when we were growing them, we'd start them usually around first week in August is typically when we'd get our cuttings in and we'd plant them then. And then growing them, we would have to even, like, we'd use Cycrocell, like a growth retardant. Um, to keep them a little bit shorter and compact. Otherwise, they can grow quite big on you. Oh, yeah. So, so okay. yeah. Well, thanks for that. Yeah, now, so just, just just let it dry out in between waterings, John, and and then when you hit, when you get into about October, something like that, start doing that 12 hours of darkness, 12 hours of light, and then you should be able to get it to bloom again. There we go. All okay, right. Merle. All righty. Oh, enjoy your uh, Facebook postings too you're super down there thank you well we enjoy doing that as well do you have lots of house plants john or no no it's the only one. Oh, uh, okay 
So I'm, that's why I want to listen to your show. All right, we'll have to get you. We'll have to get your uh, apartment filled up, like Jesse, who's going to join us. Ah. But you have your house, so we can fit a lot more in there. So that's yeah. good. Well, it <laughs> purifies your air. <laughs> exactly. Thanks, yeah. John. Take, Take care. care. Thank Bye-bye. you. Bye. And we're going to go to Dale. Good morning, Dale. Thank you for taking my call. Of course. Um, I wish the best for Peter Watts. Absolutely. Um, I heard of a place. It's called the Harvest Tub. Okay. T-U-B. Okay. And um, they're talking about using recycled water, simulating the sunshine, and growing pineapples in Calgary. Um, and would, they call it vertical gardening. Yeah, there's all types of uh, container-type growing, and we have that big aquaponics um, grow-op here that are growing all kinds of veggies and things like that. Um, definitely when I get more into February, I hope to get a few of those groups on here to talk about that kind of thing. Um, love them to do the fish in the aquaponics, like, and then they're actually harvesting the fish and the and the veggies as well. So, Where do they get the name vertical gardening? I, I'm, is it vertical or vertigo? Um, I, I thought they said vertical. Yeah, vertical. Well, because they're probably growing them up in a tube, and then the water goes through. It's sort of like a hydroponic type thing. Oh. So, so they're probably growing, or they're growing in, in like, shelving units. Like, a lot of people are, actually, I've seen some that are growing in in shipping containers, like the sea cans. Well, this is called the harvest tub. Yeah, so I'll, I'll look it up, and uh, I'll let you know what I find out. I'll talk about it here after. I don't have the internet, so I can't look it up. I do have that, so I'm lucky. So. Any idea what the minimum cost and space would be required? Um, I, I it, Some of it can be fairly in, inexpensive because a lot of times you're using recycled or PVC tubing, things like that. Um, so I would just, um, a lot, I, I, under $500. If you're looking at uh, this recycled water, after a period of time, doesn't water sort of grow algae and sort of... Yeah, yeah, no, but that's where you're trying to get the the balance. Um, and that's where they've created a system, obviously, that has worked. And here I got it, the Harvest Hub. No, this is something, this is something totally... Uh, when it comes up, the Harvest Hub, there's there's a lot of different uh, categories in that. So I'll have to do some more research here and, oh. uh, and see what I can find for you. But some of them, even like even that little arrow garden, and there's some of these smaller little hydroponic little pod gardens that people are using in their house. Um, if you're just growing for a couple people, I think you can still even do okay with some of those. And I I am working with a fellow who's called me, and we're he has a product. Um, it's called the Tower Garden, and I got to do a little bit more discussions with him, and he's going to bring me in a sample when I'm um, next in the next couple of weeks. And then we're going to look at that product as well. Any comment on growing pineapples in Calgary? Well, absolutely, because they don't take a lot. We bring them in as houseplants as well. Um, when I was over in England at the Lost Garden of Halligan, they, it's, if you're ever over there, and anybody listeners, if you want to go on a phenomenal garden tour, um, the Lost Garden of Halligan, you don't hear a lot about it. People always talk about the Kew Gardens and all this other stuff over there. Go to the south in St. Austell. It's called the Lost Garden of Halligan, and it's it's phenomenal. It was an old, like a 300-acre estate that they've refurbished. The British Horticultural Society has taken it over, and they're reestablishing it. And it they have pineapple pits there that they heat 
with manure with this how you create that spontaneous combustion and it actually heats and they have it in brick um, layers but the bricks is, is missing a brick every so often so it lets the heat come through it and then then they have coal-fired heated walls um, so they have peaches and all kinds of things growing on the South Island south part of England so oh. very interesting yeah it's uh so anybody if you're heading over to England and you're looking for something a little bit more unique go to the down into St Austell and go to the Lost Garden of Helgen so and pineapples yeah absolutely you can grow them here cuz they don't take a ton of room up they they make a great host plant as well oh, you, okay. you, and if you want to start them if you buy a pineapple at the store when just cut the top off leave about a quarter inch and then let it dry a little bit, and then just dip it into a little bit of rooting hormone, and you can stick it into soil or even just into water, and it'll send out roots, and you can start growing your own. Well, I may try it. Yeah, they're one of the easiest ones to grow, actually, to be honest. So. Okay. All righty. Thank you very much. All right, Dale. Well, I'm going to depend on you to call me back in a few weeks and let me know how our pineapple's doing. <laughs> I enjoy your show. Thank you so much. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to take a quick break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up Garden Center. New houseplants are arriving weekly. New decor and pots have arrived as well. Spruce it up, plant it up, prune it up. We got you covered. Inside and out, I guess. Always, uh, Always enjoying the... The indoor gardening. Actually, I was in the garden center yesterday, and uh, and a young lady came in, and she would need to goes, I need something to green up my house. I just feel blah. So we planted up. Uh, she got a really nice fiddlehead fig, and we put it into a nice gray cylinder type pot for the inside, and uh, and sent her on her way. She was very happy, and she was just looking for something to to green up her house a little bit in the winter as she was feeling a little bit blah. Uh, let's go to Joyce. Good morning, Joyce. Good morning. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm all right. Good. I'm going to change the subject on you. Okay. Outside. Okay. Yeah, you, can only, <laughs> you can do that today. Oh, yes. It's beautiful out. My rose bushes, can I cut them back now? Um, I really don't. What, what type of roses are they? Uh, the one is a Persian yellow, I think. Yeah, no, you don't really, want, unless you're just removing deadwood in that, because it it won't bloom as much for you. Oh, okay. Yeah, especially the Persian yellow, because you barely get, like, it, it comes and goes so quick. That's one rose I wish we could get to bloom over and over a few times. Yes, it, it blooms nice. once, it's gorgeous, fills right up, but then it it's nothing, right? Yeah, Unfortunately. I know. Uh, yeah. um, no, you just want to prune off any deadwood, things like that. Um, oh, okay. Thin it out a bit, but really you don't want to do much pruning to those right now. No. And when even, would I do it? Because it's just out of control. Um, if you want to take it down and and just how how low are you thinking? Like right down to the ground or well, just? Well, no, just take it down a bit because it's growing over the sidewalk too. Yeah. No. Any of that type of pruning, absolutely. Right now, you can do that. You can do any corrective pruning, dead, damage, or disease branching. Right now, you can do that. Yeah. Absolutely. I wonder but, if there's a way we can get them to bloom more. Uh, I'm. We're definitely. We have two or three new yellow varieties that we're yeah. bringing in. Um, yellow's a super popular color outside, but it's hard to get um, the hardier roses in that really nice bright yellow. Oh yeah. Um. So I know uh, there's a there's a few varieties that we're, we're mm-hmm. we have coming in this spring. Yeah. And 
and hopefully yeah. they do well. But yeah, the Persian yellow, you, you can just see them, and they're just in those certain spots. When they're blooming, I get everyone coming in. What are those yellow roses I want? And so, uh, yeah. but they're one that I stick in the background a little bit because when they are done, they're good. They still the foliage looks nice, but you're not getting any bloom. So it's not something I put right front and center in my gardens yeah. if we're designing. So like the Australian copper. Yeah, just yeah, you got to leave it in the back a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty, but it doesn't last long. No, unfortunately, but yeah. a lot of those they're just they're 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 naturally for pollination they come in do their thing and reproduce and then they're done so there's for short hardy climates i think <laughs> yeah yeah all righty okay thank you merle you're very welcome okay, thanks joyce day. you too bye-bye bye-bye all right i got time i'm gonna roll all the way down to um, high river <laughs> see what's going on with mary <laughs> hey, hey mary how are you i'm all right i was in there yesterday Where are you? i had to slap my hands i wanted to buy too many house plants yeah <laughs> I missed you. I was, I was there later in the afternoon. Uh, yeah, I was there in the morning. Oh, nice. Uh, we had to, my son and I had to go to a thing, and so <laughs> I didn't fill the car full of plants. <laughs> but good advice for the man with with the pineapple. I've done it, and it works. Absolutely. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's kind of a different thing to get it to grow. I like it. Yeah, no, yeah. it's and it goes fairly quickly. Yeah, like, it is. It's quick. Yep, yeah, start some good with new soil, and away you go. Yeah, now I got a problem. Oh, oh, what's going on? Oh, that stupid old lemon tree is not going to break me. Anyway, I'm doing everything right. Yeah. It's full of blooms, but they fall off. How come? Oh, the only thing I can think of at this time of year. And you're, it's not, you're not getting it too wet, Mary? No, okay. no. And, yep. and, and it's bringing, sprouting new leaves and new blooms, but they fall off. Um, do you have any way of... Um, it's, it's in the same place, and yeah. I haven't moved it. But does it, do the blooms stay on and then fall off, or do they just, they don't even open up and they're falling no, off? No, no, they're, they're open right up, and, well, then, and then they seem to... Dry up and fall off. Well, that's just because they're done. So that hopefully you should start seeing some fruit from there. Because oh. when the bloom is done, they're just they're done, right? They don't last forever. So they they yeah. open up. But hopefully they've got pollinated, a, and then they then they go from there. But they're self pollinating. No? Yeah, that's what I mean. But when they're done blooming, they're just they fall off. Yeah, but, but you'll then start seeing no in that. Showing. There Got should me. be, but in that little stem, you should start seeing something. So just be a little bit patient. Well, you know, I'm too impatient, I guess. <laughs> well, especially at this time of year when the days are shorter, we have to yeah. be more and more patient. So. It, should I give it light? Yeah, move it into a bit brighter light. Well, or... I've got it in a real, you know, in the same place, yeah. in a south window. Now, should I maybe give it a, if you maybe have a, a couple of hours extra absolutely. of some light? Absolutely. What, if, red or white? Yeah, absolutely. Red or white light? Um, the red, just use the, the sun blaster, the light bulb that you screw in. Uh, the, the white one that yeah. I have. Yep. Yeah. Okay. All right, Mary, I got to uh, run. <laughs> thanks. Oh, hey, you, I, I got to go. Sir. Are, your pots are beautiful outside. Thank you. Thank you. I got to run. Really nice. Goodbye. Bye-bye. All right. Need to take a break for a commercial. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and we're going to go to the phone line. But if you want to join me after, phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And that is the talk and text line. And if you want to give us a call, Jesse, and he is uh, a plant a plant. And I'm not sure what the title would be. A plant influencer, maybe. Good morning, Jesse. Hey, how are you doing? Good. How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing all right. I woke up feeling a little bit sick, but I'm going to get through it and have a good Sunday. Awesome. How are you nope. doing? I'm doing great. Um, okay. Every Sunday I get to come here and enjoy talking about plants with a lot of the listeners here in Calgary. So you uh, you also share a little bit of plant love with uh, people on Instagram. I do, yeah. So, yeah, I run the account Plant Filled Apartment, and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of plants in here. It's not a big space, but uh, <laughs> it's kind of fun. It's cool. Absolutely. And and what is it with plants? What is really, what got you into plants? So, back when I was a kid, my I lived very close to my grandparents, and uh, my grandma would have a great big veggie garden. And basically, I would help her with all these veggies in the garden, and uh, she would go away to work at a camp for a couple months, so we'd look after all of her plants. And uh, so, yeah, just looking after all of those, and then that kind of translated into all of her houseplants as well. And then it kind of took a break, and then I moved into Calgary, and there was just, yeah, so many buildings and stuff, so I wanted to have a little bit of a greenery and a jungle inside. You create your own little oasis at home. Yeah, here we are. <laughs> Absolutely, but it, but it, I find it like, and I know you have some great pictures. So if if anybody's uh, on Instagram and wants to check out Jesse's site, it's Plant Filled Apartment, and yeah. I, I like the one of your taglines too. You have a six hundred square foot apartment full. Yeah. But, yeah. But, so, but what do you find like right now? Um, it seems like the the philodendrons or the monsteria are the big popular ones. Like. A lot of the big yeah. foliage plants are are really what people are going after. Yeah, I've been finding that a lot lately too. I, uh, a few years ago, I found that succulents were the bigger thing on Instagram, and I don't know if it's yeah, just who I follow, or I think kind of what you're saying is true. I think people are looking for more dramatic kind of stuff in their house, and that's exactly it. A monstera, it can get very big over a short amount of time. And same with philodendrons, a lot of them, like, they come in hanging baskets, but if you actually mount them on, a like, a moss pole to climb on, those leaves will get massive, too. So, Absolutely. No, yeah. I'm just going through, like I said, I'm just going through your uh, your pictures and things like that. Um, and what's nice about these type of plants is you buy them, and some of them are a little bit pricier. I know, like, the fiddlehead fig um, yeah. When we have them, they start in the thirty-nine dollar range, all the way up to two hundred and ninety-nine dollars for a like a yeah. six-footer. But yeah. but when you buy something like that, like that three hundred bucks or that sixty dollars, they're they're not something that like a flower bouquet or something or something. It's just going to die and and no. and you throw it away in a couple of weeks. Like these are with you forever. You have to, it's a commitment. It's like a pet. Yeah, totally. If anything, you'll be cutting it back because it's too big. <laughs> and and uh, that's um, one thing I, I think we're going to see, Jesse, in in a few months when all these Instagram people have their plants and then they see how fast yeah, they grow. Um, totally. You're, you're, you're definitely going to have to have some on what to do with them when, you're, when your plants are out of control. We're going to have yeah. to do some how-to yeah. videos for sure. 
totally. Well, and that's the cool part is that once, you know, you do get a well-established plan like that and you have some friends who, you know, because people do notice and I think sometimes people just need to see it to know that they maybe want it or that it can live so easily, you know what I mean, in our surroundings. And once they do get big or out of control, you can just cut them back. And usually, you know, a lot of the philodendrons, monsters are easy to propagate, so you can actually share them. Yeah, do you do a lot of that? Um, I do. A lot of my stuff right now is pretty under control. I'm trying to let a lot of the leaves get bigger, so I'm trying not to cut anything too extravagant. Yeah. But um, definitely a lot of, yeah, like the vining philodendrons and... I have one of those uh, Raphidophora tetrasperma. It's like a mini monstera. Okay. I swear this thing is the fastest plant I've ever seen as far as growing. It's crazy. It's so, interesting watching the leaves open up, right? You see a little stem one day and then all of a sudden you just... Yeah. You can almost put a time lapse on it. Yeah, exactly. It's a brand new fresh green leaf. It's crazy. Do you, but, no, do you feed your plants regularly or... So I work with a company out of uh, out on Vancouver Island, and they do it's a phytoplankton. It's just it's basically a natural fertilizer. Yeah. Um, so a lot of the plants, I'll right in, like in the winter months, I'll give them every couple months. I'll give them a shot of it, but I usually wait until springtime um, when they're you know the days yep. are getting longer, the plants are taking off, kind of thing. That's when they really need it. Yeah. Um, I try, yeah, winter I try to kind of avoid it. It's easy to burn your roots on plants in the winter because people, you know, the leaves will go yellow or something and they'll think that it's, they need fertilizer or something. And it, they're pretty vulnerable in that stage. So no, a I lot of times it's it. overwatering and, and things like that. Yeah. In the wintertime, it's just usually cut back on your water, things yeah, like that. Exactly. And and sometimes the leaves, when there's not enough light, the, leaf, the plants will do a natural shutdown a little bit too. Yeah. Where they, they go dormant. Yep. They don't have For enough sure. enough sun power to run all those big solar panels. So Yeah. They exactly and, and I think we forget that that they are living things. So but we'll have to get you some of the Rage Plus. It's just a, a it's a natural seaweed based product that uh, a guy that um, was in Calgary and he lives in Manitoba and he started a company. It's called okay. uh um Dirt and grow, but he he all his are all naturally he has bat guana and seaweed okay. and all kinds yeah. of fun stuff in his fertilizers. Cool. But the Rage Plus is one that we've been talking about here on the radio show for a couple of few years. It's just okay. I've seen what it done for outdoor plants, indoor plants. We have so many people that swear by it, so we'll have to yeah. give you a little bit to try it out and yeah, uh, sure. and see what you think. So what do Absolutely. you? Um, so I know we had the plant crazy guy last week or crazy plant guy. And yeah. I was interested that he actually mails out a bunch of cuttings to people as well. So, yeah. um, it's something I was talking to Zoe this week at the garden center about setting up a plant share. Do you see that kind of thing? Like if for people in this instant in, in tropical plants, like if, if we were to set something up like that, would there be enough people that would attend something like that here in Calgary or? Yeah, I think Calgary is definitely coming around a bit. Like, there has been, there's a couple plant swap pages now on Facebook and stuff like that. So, there's definitely a lot of interest for it. I think that people just need to be pointed in the same direction. You know what I mean? Yeah, not not too many. No, yeah. I see that. With, same with some of the charities. So, I think you have everybody doing the same cause, but in, exactly. in little bits, if everyone grouped together a little bit more, we might have yeah. more success. 
Uh, totally. Yeah, 100%. Well, and that's so why I, I try and use the show to, to communicate those kind of things, and that's why I want to bring you on as well and, and get yeah, people no, know what's going on in yep. in the plant world other than um, geraniums and magonias outside in the yard. Like, there's a whole new totally. indoor totally. plants. So do you still do veggie gardening to have a, a thing to your grandma or...? Um, not so much. I've, I do a couple of herbs on my uh, patio in the summer, but nothing too, too crazy. I uh, actually volunteer in the conservatory at the zoo there. Okay. Um, and yeah, there's lots of, we do like veggies and stuff like that there too. So I get a little bit of it there and that's where I get more of, yeah, lots of the, the outdoor plants and stuff like that, but. Uh, yeah, they, cool have, they have a really nice arboretum there, and there's some older, like there's a black walnut down at the zoo. There's some really new yeah. trees back if you walk through the arboretum. Um, yeah, you'll be able to see a lot of those old trees that actually do quite well here. They're not always in production still. We can't always get them, yeah, but totally. we can try and source. And at least you'll see, like, a lot of people don't know, like a black walnut will grow here in Calgary. So Yeah, no, exactly. There's some cool stuff, so like the peony gardens and like all the roses and stuff like that. It's crazy. I've been there so many times, and I swear every time I go there, I find something new that I'm like, how did I not know this is here? Like this is insane. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> what what do you have? A, what's your favorite plant? Whew. Well, my favorite plant of all time is the Philodendron gloriosum, which is a funny story because I actually. <laughs> Went to, I can't say which one, but I went to a conservatory in Canada. It was not Calgary, but <laughs> the first time that I got a Philodendron Gloriosum, I, you, at that time you could not find it in Canada anywhere. Nobody yeah. was really going over the border. And so I went to this conservatory and I was like, listen, I'm just <laughs> a crazy guy that wants one of these plants and I see about a billion in here because they grow really yeah. fast, the Philodendron, so yeah. whatever. And uh, I was just like, what would it take for me to acquire one of these? And he just kind of looked at me really weird and went and talked to some other guy. And they come out with a bucket. And they were actually, um, they looked after the birds in the conservatory. And they were like, if you make a donation to the Bird Foundation, we'll let you just, like, take a snipping. Perfect. And I was like, no way. So that was the first time I got it. But now I have multiples. I went down to Portland and brought it back with me. Um, I have a big pot of it now. But it's just a very simple leaf. It's just plain green. It has white veining. It's very velvety looking, very shiny kind of thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know why, but it's, yeah, that's the one. Well, that's, probably because the memory, right? It's something you propagated yourself. You got yeah, it. And, uh, and and part of the story. Absolutely. Exactly. Absolutely. It was actually funny when I went to Portland. They brought back like 24 plants with me over the border and, it was this whole thing where I talked to some people on Instagram and they had brought things back with soil. So I was going to do the same thing. And then when I got to the border, the girl was terrifying. She thought that it was crazy for me and these house plants over and she said I couldn't have soil. So yeah. she wrote me up and I had to go talk to the guy in the building. And he was actually really hyped on what I was doing. So he ended up letting me go. But <laughs> it was funny. He like opened the hatch of my I have a little Volkswagen Golf hatchback, and he yeah. opens the back door, and it was just like poof! All this, like all these leaves pop out. Like, <laughs> yeah, so it's not cannabis. <laughs> yeah, it's not yeah. cannabis. It's philodendrons. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, that's so, a good story. But, no, it was funny. He was just like, 
you're not going to plant these outside, right? And I was just like, with all due respect, these would die in like 10 seconds in Calgary. <laughs> Absolutely. Come from like Ecuador and Colombia and stuff like that. So no, he was really chill and I was very honest with him and I appreciated it a lot. So. That usually that usually works the best when you're trying to go through those situations. You're not bringing it back to sell or do anything like that. You're just, I'm yeah. fulfilling my passion, sir. <laughs> totally. And it was funny because I was in the border like building and everything showing this border guard my Instagram. Yeah. Like looking at me like I'm a crazy person. I'm like, no, look, like I actually have all these plants. And I had the appendix on my phone all pulled out, like showing him why I was under yeah. the impression that I was kind of deal. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all my ducks were kind of in a row. And like I said, it just kind of was very honest. And awesome. It usually gets you further than, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely, misleading never works that well, especially on the border. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I want to go back, so absolutely. <laughs> well, Jesse, thank you so much for your time on a Sunday. I know you weren't feeling that great, so we'll definitely yeah, we'll touch base me. throughout the the thing, and uh, I'll set up a time where you can come visit me down at the garden center. I'd love to chat some more. Yeah, sounds perfect. I'm looking forward. Thanks, Jesse. Take care. Cool. Yeah, take care. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye bye. And uh, and thanks to Jesse with. Uh, it's at Plantfield Apartment on Instagram for joining me. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to chat with Duncan about his avocado. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. If you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. Both of those are the talk and tax line. Right now we're going to go to Duncan. Good morning, Duncan. Oh, hi. How are you? Good. How can I help you? Um, I have an avocado plant. Okay. Uh, it's about a foot and a half tall. Okay. There's lots of new growth at the top. Yeah. But the leaves at the bottom, they uh, they go brown around the edges, yeah, and then they fall off. Um, if it's getting new growth on the top, that's typically when a newer plant like that they disc- they um, discard their older foliage. Like they're not one to hang on to a whole bunch of foliage. Oh, okay. So as they grow, they they dispose of the old stuff to in- encourage the growth. Um, is it getting in lots of light? Yeah, it gets uh, east facing light. Okay. So it gets light to probably about eleven or twelve. Uh, direct sunlight, and mm-hmm. then that, that, that day, then it's like daylight. Okay. Well, th- that's, that sounds good. Um, the only thing is, and you got, you put it into new soil? Uh, yes. Okay. It's in a pot about uh, 10 inches by 12 inches deep. Okay. That's a good size. And wh- are you feeding it? Uh, no. Okay. Don't want to feed it uh, and sort of hold off. Um, in February, you can start giving it some fertilizer, just sort of give it once a month or something like that. Oh, okay. And, and if you're looking to get a bit more growth and that, cause it'll take a bit to get the fruit, you could even do like a 30, 10, 10 oh. or an all purpose 20, 20, 20, or go right to our, to the rage plus with, uh, yeah, I have some rage plus downstairs. Yeah. And that can be almost used year round. It, it really helps things establish the root system especially mm-hmm. so um you could even give it a little shot of uh of rage plus rage yeah. plus right now after the next watering i always like to let things dry out and then water them really well like give it a good flushing through okay and then uh, fertilize after that okay all righty yeah the, the seed was about three inches in length and about two inches in diameter oh wow um i got it when uh, well anyways i got it from the dominican republic oh, okay so 
That's and, fairly uh, big. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because I know a lot of people start them, like, out of the pit. Um, yeah. And did you stick it with the with the toothpicks and that? And oh, water yeah, that I did way? the whole gamut yeah. with the roots coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, it's it's always it fun and... to see it come from that, right? Like it's... No. Yeah, you were saying you get fruit off it. Well, eventually you will, so. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, you'll get some avocados. <laughs> How big does the plant have to be? Um, it's not necessarily the more the size. It, it's it's going to take a couple, probably two years. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And uh, just we just want to get a good, healthy, sturdy plant, and then after that, this year, like I said, we'll use the twenty twenty twenty, and then the following year we'll switch to the fifteen thirty fifteen. Okay. Sounds and then good. that'll help produce that. Thank you. All righty. Okay. Have a good day. Bye. Thank you. Bye bye. All right. We need to take a quick commercial. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on seven seventy CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and we're going to go to the phone line, and we're going to go to Mel. Good morning, Mel. Good morning. How are you? Good. Good, good. How can we help you today? My amaryllis blossom has uh, died. Yes. And there's is that a seed at the base of it? It's a bulb. It's a bulb? Yeah, so what you want to do... At the base of each flower... Oh, no, not at the base of each flower. It could be a seed, but, um, it, yeah, it probably would be with the flower right there. But typically you just um, let the stem die back. Um, oh, you, yeah, you cut I, I the... know all that. I was wondering about yeah. harvesting that seed. You could probably try. I haven't done that before myself. No. Um, um, but it's something Come that on, you you own the flower shop. I know I, I should know all that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not afraid to admit what I don't. But that one I haven't done. Um, I think it would be quite a long process to get it to to the bulb stage like that. But um, I I definitely know. I was talking with Shane from Wild Rose Heritage Seeds yesterday. He was uh, he was filling our racks up with his seeds, so they're all in stock now. And he's starting a bunch of garlic from seed and you grow it one year until you get the bulb and then you pull the bulb out and then you replant all the cloves in the bulb. So it's a two year process and then you get the big, big bulbs of garlic the second year. So it would probably be this. Yeah. It would be the similar type thing. Yeah. So I just maybe try it. Let's do it, Mel. Let me know what I can come up with. Let's do it. Okay, Mel. Thanks. All right, thanks, man. Bye bye. Yeah, always interesting to see um, if if something like that would work. But it was interesting. We so we do have all the West Coast seeds. Most of them are in. I know they were in the other day to fill up. We had some empty spots. Uh, most of those got filled in. And then Shane was in yesterday, and he brought in all the Wild Rose Heritage seeds as well. And uh, so it was good to see him. And he's uh, working crazy, trying to get everybody's seeds ready for spring. Um, but we're going to have a whole bunch of his garlic bulbs this fall. So looking forward to seeing those into the store. And I should probably just take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770-CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Merle Coombs, and if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And those are the talk and text line. Right now I'm going to go, we're going to chat with 
Judy. Good morning, Judy. Good morning. How are don't, you today? I'm just fine. Don't you just love Sundays? I love Sundays. <laughs> I get to listen to three hours of uh, gardening shows. Awesome. My favorite day. Um, I just wanted to recommend uh, Peony that I had purchased um, three years ago. Okay. Last year, I had 86 blooms. <laughs> and it was singing in the rain. Nice. And that is the name of it? That was the name of it. And I couldn't believe it. It's on the north side of the house, about 20 feet. I get full sun from the morning. Yep. And all, you know, late afternoon sun until sundown. Yeah. And it was 86 blooms. I don't expect it to bloom quite so heavily this year, but I don't even, I didn't even fertilize, really. So it you, just, just grows, and I live in Cobble Rock country. Yeah. And digging a hole in this yard takes you an hour. <laughs> but you know, uh, and I, I just when you said the north side, um, and it just I got a big memory of at my mom's house um, when we grew up in Bonass, and our house faced north, the front side, and we had one on the on the north corner of the house. Mm-hmm. But it, and some people, when we say north, but yours is still far enough away where you're getting lots of sunlight, yep. so not right up against the house. Oh no, no, um, about fifteen feet away. Perfect. Yeah, yep. no, they love that that one. You might want to just feed a little bit in the springtime with a little bit of fifteen thirty fifteen. Okay. And and then that'll else help encourage them. But you should you should see those type of blooms every season. Like those peonies are one of my favorite. I love doing peony gardens. Like I plant about eight or ten of them together, or seven to nine yeah. or whatever. And this they're they're so nice. You bring them in as cut flowers to oh, into the yeah. house. They're they're gorgeous. I so. have close to thirty of the old time peony plants yep. around here. Yeah. So yeah, it's just great. I love gardening. We have uh you'll have to try one of the new Ito peonies. We have one that's sort of uh it's I did it, buy a new one last year, but I can't remember the name of it. Or Ito Ito peony. They're just this one we had, it's kind of a coppery pink. It, it is unbelievable. We brought them in and they just as soon as people see them, yeah, just they gravitated uh-huh. towards them. But they and they get lots of blooms on them well as well, and they're a little bit later than the other peonies, the regular oh, yeah. ones. So it's kind of nice you get some spaced out because the 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 regular peony they bloom a little bit early, like mid first yeah, of July sort done. of thing. Yeah, yeah, and then they're done. But when they're going, man, you can't get asked ask for anything nicer. So yeah, that's for sure. Uh, well, thanks for sharing. You bet. So bye. that's singing in the rain. Right. Okay. Bye bye. Thanks, Judy. Bye bye. Yeah, I love the love the peonies. Always good memories, and uh, I know you have certain plants that you get um, a little bit of flashbacks of your childhood if you were in a gardening type house, as I would. As Jesse mentioned earlier, um, that's where I got my passion for gardening was from my mom and dad. We had uh, one of the biggest gardens on the block, lots of veggies. We had five kids to feed in half the neighborhood, so my mom had to grow uh, a lot of food for everybody to to make sure everybody was fed, so uh, always interesting, but that sort of got my passion for gardening as well. So I'm going to go to Edna. Good morning, Edna. Good morning, and Happy New Year to you. Thank you so much, and Happy New Year to you as well. I haven't talked to you for a while, but you were talking about breaking up garlic yeah. and planting them. Yeah. I left my garlics in the ground the whole whole thing okay. for two years, okay. always, and they grow bigger and stronger. Okay. I didn't break them apart, but I did reseed the little bulbs that came at the top of the garlic during the summer. 
And those ones, how long would it take for those, like from the seeds to produce bulbs? Is that you, a leave tr- them, you leave them a second year and you've got beautiful garlics. Oh, okay. Yeah, Shane was saying he pulls them up at that point and then splits them all up so he gets quite a few more. Well, I use the little bulbs on top instead. Yeah, no, that works as well. That's the seed. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Works so, wonderful. I, I, a lot of people don't have as much patience as you, Edna, though, <laughs> <laughs> the, to wait that long. I have lots of patience. <laughs> That's a good thing. A lot of people, a lot of people too, we want everything now, right? Like it's, I'm, I don't have my garden anymore and really sorry about that. I surely miss it, I tell you. But you can, you can, sure, you can still grow quite a few veggies in, in pots, like even the Swiss chard or um, in window boxes, you could do a row of radishes and things like that, carrots, and then you could get three or four crops of those throughout Carrot, the season. Carrots don't do very good in shallow ground. No, but if you have six or eight, you can get the the mini or the, the, the shorter varieties of carrots. They don't taste the same. Yeah, I know, a little bit. <laughs> but if they're not in the full sun and if you use a good soil, um, you can, I, I agree, if the roots get too hot and that's the problem when they're in pots. The... And I do have full sun. Okay. I start early in the morning till. Yeah mid-afternoon so you could you could still do um peppers and tomatoes and things like that yeah the the tomatoes grow good peppers you can keep they don't like me no (laughs) (laughs) all (laughs) righty you have a great day and a good year thank you so much edna appreciate it you too take care bye-bye bye-bye all right always always good to hear from our our longtime listeners who join in and share their gardening experience with us and uh, that's what makes the show so fun. And speaking of which, if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open. You can call at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And uh, one thing I was looking at is uh, sort of what they're saying, speaking of house plants, is the the, the most the trending plants for... For 2019, and uh, and one of them is, and I always I'm always surprised when I see this is still being super popular. But it is a great plant. It's the it's the spider plant, and and that's one that's very very popular, and it's on the on the list. And the string of be- string of beads with string of pearls, I think, is the same one. Um, it's the one left that's a succulent. And as Jesse was mentioning. The monstera, they label it as a cheese plant as well, and and of course the spider plant and the snake plant, the sensevieria, and that's one that's like if you're looking for one that you can create good success and that you're not going to kill, uh, <laughs> the snake plant is one. It's also called the mother-in-law's tongue, and I always wondered about that at first. And then you get, uh, and my mother-in-law is actually really good. She doesn't say too much. She's, she, she just, uh, she, she, she agrees with most stuff that we're doing. And she, uh, but my mom was a different type of mother-in-law. She definitely voiced her opinion a little bit. So I see the, the sharp tongue on the, on the, on the mother-in-law tongue is where they got that name. So no, I'm lucky. My mother-in-law, Gisela, she's actually very good to us. So good old Oma. She's good to the kids. And I'm going to go to Jim right now. Good morning, Jim. Good morning. Uh, is it possible? What happens if you end up moving a tree in the in the winter time? There's uh, some larger trees that uh, are going to get bulldozed by a developer before by you know early spring. Like 
and it's dead, dead dry ground there where a guy might be able to... Yeah, he won't get, be able to get the, the spade into the ground, though. It'll be frozen. There, there's no moisture there at all. Yeah, it's... Powder dry, but... I very rarely have been able to see. There's still frost in the ground. Yeah, it looks yeah. dry, but um, typically what you'll see is that you'll get the spade on top and it'll just... It'll go in a little bit, and uh, but typically it's really hard to to move trees in the winter. Um, okay. Early, early spring, like as soon as it's thawed, yeah. um, by all means, that's the one of the best time to move them. That, that was my first choice, but that might be going out the window there. Where I'm putting them in, it's a berm that I'll, I've built out of dry material, so it won't be a problem digging the holes there. But, you know, yeah, I just wondering how the trees would do it, if I was able to do it. That's a big question mark, yeah. Yeah, if, if, we, could get the, if we could get the spade around them and, and do it, they would be fine. Okay. Um, it's just a matter of... Of trying to, but it, they just, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like when you, like, if you have a big chunk of ice and you have a spoon and you try and get it on the top, yeah. it just, yeah. and this was, fro- and I've seen tree space, like, when it's just frozen, they just won't go in. Like, they just, right. Right. It, it's, uh, it's a tough I one. I don't think, I don't think you'd be able to take a big enough uh, scoop with the, next, the excavator to take them out and stuff. But I No, and that never trees. really works that well either, especially if they're larger. How big a spruce are they? Well, there's kind of a variety. There's some really large ones and stuff. I really hate to see them uh, get. To- yeah, if there's a, maybe a way you could work with the developer, you can they say, hey, is there a way to hold off and maybe they can work around a spot. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and, and then get in there and get them out of there as soon as you. Yeah. Typically around the last week in April really depends on what type of springs we've had. Um, and how much moisture we get in the next little bit. We're supposed to get some more moisture here this week. That, that area, to... like a bunch of trees were taken out last thing, you know, after it froze up, and uh, it was bone dry. Like it was so, so there's there isn't the water to freeze, but but if there's any the, at all. Yeah, there's any. It just, the ground's frozen, and yeah. it yeah. just, unfortunately. Yeah, okay, good enough. That's what I needed to know. Thank all you. Right. Thanks, Jim. Bye. Bye-bye. All right, I'm going to go to Aaron. Good morning, Aaron. Hi, um, I just had a couple questions. Um, I didn't do anything with three my plants in the fall. Uh, we had that snow in September, yeah. and I just kind of forgot about them. But um, so one of them is the monkshood, and and then I got a bee balm and um, spirea. And I'm just wondering, what should I be cutting back now, and then, or what should I do in the spring? No, actually, Aaron, procrastination on those ones, you're totally fine. Oh, okay. So, you, so you're, you see, you're good. You did everything right. So we're, we're, we're that's uh, procrastination in Calgary in the fall is a lot of times a good thing. It's nice if we can get some water into some of our trees and shrubs and perennials oh, yeah, before freeze up. Yeah. But honestly. Um, Mother's Nature's way of when the foliage dies over top of the plant on these drier seasons that keeps the moisture in, things like that. So it's it's perfect. Um, okay. So just leave it. Leave everything till spring, until last week in April, mid-April, depending on what it's like outside. Um, okay. And then you can just cut everything back at that time down to the ground. And what type of spirea? Oh, I can't remember. Yeah, the really like common one. Okay, I, oh, I the gold mound spirea or something like that. Yeah, I think so. Kind of a yellowy gold with pink flowers. Yes. Okay. Yeah, a lot of times you don't need to cut them back about a third usually, but I wait. A lot of times I wait and see. Just they'll start sending out little branching early spring, and then okay. usually I'll just trim off the top third, and then it'll just shoot up like from there. Perfect. 
And and you don't be too worried. Like just go straight across. Like take a third off the top. If you get some really? of the new foliage, oh. yeah, it actually All helps right. thicken it up. So okay. don't be afraid of that. Um, but same thing. <laughs> leave the leave the branching on. All that you'd rather. Um, this old winter kill all the old dead wood, dry it out rather than dry out new growth or the root down below. So, right, okay, all right. Perfect. So Thank good you. job. <laughs> all right, thanks, Aaron. Bye bye. All right, I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Let's Talk Gardening is brought to you by Spruce It Up, where we have lots of new house plants arriving weekly, new decor and pots all arriving soon. Spruce it up, plant it up, prune it up. We got you covered. And uh, it's good to see a lot of people giving us a shout for the pruning guys. Um, so they're ready to get out there. It's perfect time to do any pruning. If you're looking out on your trees and shrubs, um, it's a lot easier to see and the, and the wounds heal up nice and easy in over the winter for springtime. And you can see the health of a tree a lot better. Like we're doing a couple of site evaluations for condo sites and things like that, where they want to just look at the overall health of all the trees in their, in their complex. So, and that's something we've done for, for a few of the condo sites around town. We just do a full summary and itemize the trees and shrubs for them and any recommendations of what needs to be done. Because right now it's a good time to have a look at your trees and shrubs, and especially on days like this where it's nice and warm, get outside, have a look at the bark. If you see something abnormal, something not quite right, or if you have any of those Schubert choke cherries, you start seeing the black knot on them from last fall, last summer. Um, it's a good time to, to call in an arborist to get them removed and uh, and do any of that dead damage or disease pruning at this time. It's uh, this is the time to get that rolling, and uh, and then that way in the spring when the plant takes off, it can use all that good energy to create new growth in the right direction, and not waste its energy on growing things all over the place. Um, and I'm not too sure too sure who sent me the picture, but um, they sent me a link to the singing in the rain peony. It actually is a ito peony, um, gorgeous. Yeah, and it'll bloom lots. I didn't realize it was an Ito um, variety. So there you go. This is a beautiful, beautiful peony. And that's sort of what I was saying. Like the Itos just produce a ton of blooms when they get going. So uh, thank you for that recommendation. And it's a gorgeous, it's a real light pink, um, gorgeous, gorgeous little, uh, it says a yellow peony, but the picture's pink. So there you go. Who knew that? <laughs> Anyways, if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open. You can call me at 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And it was interesting chatting with Jesse on the different trends of plants as uh, as they go through. And succulents were super strong for a long time. And I think we're going to see a bit more of those um, going outside into some of our summer planters, into window boxes, into those really hot spots. Um, they just they really love in Calgary. Um, so if you have some of the Ecavarias and the Jades and the Fire Sticks or any of the succulent plants, um, 
doing up. Actually, I had a, a, a lady in the other day. She was uh, at a, at one of the conservatories, and I think it was up in Edmonton, and she's seen they had a big bird bath done into into uh, done up with succulents and things like that. So she came in and was just buying the plants to plant into a into a bird bath. So what I recommend is that you can get that spray sealant. It's sort of like a it comes in a tar or black or white. It's sort of a a sealant type paint. Just spray paint the the concrete of the bird bath first. Seal it up. Um, put in your soil. And then plant it up. And if you have room in the house somewhere like for something like that, the succulents just they 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 work really well, and they do really well in that shallow because they're about four or five inches deep, and some of them are only three inches deep. But you're going to get lots of nice growth, and they do really well in that in that type of environment. So, anyways, that's what I kind of see the trend. And I know I have a couple restaurants that we do um, like Hayden block and Hudson's and market on 17th um, where they have really hot, hot patios and the sun. And I know we struggle sometimes trying to keep the plants going. So I'm going to recommend we do a lot more succulents in their, in their pots for them this coming spring um, just to keep them looking good and all through the summertime. Cause it's a challenge when you do these really nice pots and things like that, and and in those smaller areas, when you and then they get really root bound, and into August, sometimes they just don't do quite well. And I know we do a house out in in Bearspaw every year where we do all our planters up, and we do a lot of succulents. And even in the shade, this one's a east facing. Um, they just thrive in that area. So, and that's for Anita out there. So we do her house, and it's always interesting. Love going out there, and uh, and planting up her her pots with all her really nice succulents. So anyways, that is, and what, we, what do you have? Oh, I have 30, 10, 10. Okay, sorry about that. I'm reading a couple of them. I'm just going to go, Pat has an idea for a tree removal. Good morning, Pat. Uh, good morning. How's it going, Merle? Good. How are you? Oh, good. Thanks. Enjoying the sunshine here for once. Isn't it nice? Yeah, love it. I just feel like gardening, but guess that can't happen for a couple months. <laughs> oh, you do some indoor stuff. Yeah, that's true. Got too much of that to do. But I just had an idea. The fellow that wanted to uh, remove the trees, yep. uh, when I used to work for the gas company, you know, they go out and fire ditches, they call it, to get down to the gas lines when they yep. have to work on it. So I'm not ex- uh, sure exactly on the procedure, but uh, I think you get coal. You get coal and you and you put it around or the area that you want to Yeah, you want to thaw out the ground first, yeah. Yeah, right. And then you just you, you fire the coal and then you cover it. And you leave it, I think, for, you know, either a few days, a week, something like that, till it gets down, and then you should uh, be able to get down and take the trees out. Yeah, I'm not sure how it would work in around trees and heating the roots up and things like that, though, with the living. That might be a bit more of a challenge. Yeah, I don't know how far or how how hot it goes um, down deep, but yeah, it's just a thought, you know. Yeah, no, you get that thermal heating going down and... and uh, yeah, no, it, that that is a possibility. I know we do recommend um, row warming for for your gardening in the spring, but that's a thought. So if he's listening, maybe that'll that'll work for him. Yeah, because I'm with you, and I, I hate seeing trees go when oh, they don't yeah. need to. Yeah, absolutely. If you can save them, it's always the way to go. All right. Well, thanks, thanks very much. Uh, have a good morning. You too. Thanks, Pat. Yeah. Bye-bye. All right. I'm going to take a break for the news. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.
Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I'm Earl Coons. And if you'd like to join me, the phone lines are wide open, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And both those are the talk and text line. So I got a couple texts here. And do you guys do estimates for pruning? Of course, you can give us a shout at the store. Um, and they'll put you through to the printed up department and they'll get you uh, set up to do estimates as well. Got a picture and it just says, my bride bought this orchid two years ago. The blossoms died back after six months. Hasn't done anything since. We know nothing about orchids. Flush water every two weeks with about a liter of water and a dash of 1937 fertilizer. And Keith down in Coldale, it is a super healthy looking, but as you can tell, you're getting lots of foliage on your flower, on your plant. Because um, with the fertilizer you're using, you're doing the first numbers, that big number, 19. And the middle number is the three. And that's sort of where you want to you wanna switch that around. You want like a 15, 30, 15. Um, fertilizer and you want something to get the blooms going so you're doing the flushing properly every every two weeks which is great um, you got roots growing that one root you get tied up heading up the stick that's more of a root not a not a bloom so you can let that go down or up the stick either way it doesn't matter it, it would wouldn't hurt to put this one into uh, get yourself a nice orchid pot with some orchid bark and uh, transplant it into into a bigger pot, and it's growing out of that one pretty well. And what I would do is uh, switch the fertilizer up on it. You can you can get a specific orchid fertilizer, or uh, the fifteen thirty fifteen is one I like, just because it can be used on all your flowering plants and things like that. And in the summertime, if you have outdoor baskets or pots or anything like that, it can definitely. It can definitely use that as well. So, so please, uh, I would just switch that up. A couple of those things, and you got it in a nice bright light. Like I said, your your leaves look super healthy, and lots of them. But I think that's from the nineteen three seven fertilizer that you're using. Um, it's all foliage and nothing. You need the phosphorus. You need the middle number to get the roots, and the old leaves on there. You just need to, a couple of those on the bottom, just cut those off as well. Um, so if you see your old plants and you see old leaves that are on your plants, don't be afraid to take those off because a lot, like I said, even in the summer when I talk about deadheading or different things, you're using a lot of the plant's energy to um, try to keep those old leaves alive. So you want to remove those so it can put that energy to blooms and leaves. So right now, speaking of orchids, I'm going to go to Anne-Marie. Good morning, Anne-Marie. Good morning. How are you today? I'm great. Awesome. I just wanted to tell you yes. that I have orchids that I can't believe how they've grown, how many flowers I'm getting since I started feeding them weekly with Rage Plus. <laughs> it, 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 it's a great fertilizer, like, as it, well. Yeah. Perfect. It, it's un- unbelievable. And some of these I've had as just plain leaves for years yeah. and didn't want to throw them out and now they're starting to bloom again. Awesome. So just wanted to pass that on when I heard your last call. Yeah, no, the Rage Plus 153015, the Rage is a great all-purpose um, um, fertilizer as well and because it, it, it's really like super compost in a bottle and it gets all plants doing what they should do 
Um, so it, it's a great one that I love to recommend on, on some of your plants that aren't doing well or aren't blooming, aren't performing. The Rage Plus always seems to be one that'll get things back in order. So uh, thank you for that reminder and uh, and the Rage Plus absolutely on, on orchids. So you heard it here first from Anne-Marie. <laughs> so do Thank you, you. I've been meaning to tell you this for, oh, good. for ages. So but, when, uh, when you got your last call, I thought, I've got to phone in now. Awesome. First time. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thank you for calling and thanks for sharing with me. Okay. All right. Terrific. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Always love that. Um, there, there we go. Someone in our community sharing with us their experience. And uh, so there you go. You're going to have to get some... Uh, Rage Plus there, Keith and Coldale, and uh, and we'll get that thing blooming. Then you'll have to send me some pictures when it's re-blooming because you got lots of growth and super healthy plant. Let's go to Ina. Good morning, Ina. Yes, good morning. Uh, how are you this good, morning? Good, you how are you? well. Yeah, no, I feel great. <laughs> um, going into uh, the new okay, year. so Indoor plant. Yep. I have a palm tree growing. Uh, it's from the seed. Uh, the seed took uh, maybe a year to to sprout. Yeah. But now it is reaching to the top of the uh, um, uh, ceiling. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's doing good. But what is important I want to tell you about is that the the ball where the um, dirt is yep. climbed out of the pot. Yes. So at the moment it's hydraulic. <laughs> yeah. I, I put um, what two, three liters of water in it and ignore it for a week, and then I repeat that. Yeah. So what can I do to control this growth? Um, it, it, the problem is it's probably a type of seed where it's probably a larger, like a palm tree that's <laughs> meant to grow fast, like outside, like. Yeah. Um, so it's really, it's just like when people plant the wrong type of plants or trees and shrubs in their yard, you know, they put a big spruce tree right beside the house <laughs> yeah, I know. And, and, or a big shuba or a big tree in the wrong spot. Unfortunately, the type of palm, which is exciting cause it's growing very well, but <laughs> yeah. I, it's just the wrong type of palm, um, for, for that, for in the house, it's just going to grow. Uh, it uh, pro, um, provide nice uh, uh, curtain. Absolutely. And how wide is the trunk on it then? A trunk. Or this, like the it's big just stem. coming out of the dirt. The yeah. trunk is about um, what six, six, seven centimeters high. Oh, okay. And, and the surround, yeah, circumference is about five. Centimeters. Okay, but it reaches the ceiling. It's quite tall. It's it's getting there. Uh, it wow. didn't touch the ceiling yet, but <laughs> that's where it's going because the room is uh, a cathedral. Yeah. And the front is all glass, so it loves where it is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I I don't want to cut it from where it is growing. No, are you able to, do you text or do you have any way of sending me pictures via the internet, like uh, email or on text? I have email. Yeah, can you email me a picture of it and then I might be able to help you better that way. Okay, the other one, I'm sorry, this will be quick, quicker. Yeah. It's a rubber tree yeah. and it conquered the uh, uh, part of the uh, living room 
I know I can cut it because yeah. it comes from the root more strongly. And um, but I, I want to uh, replant a part of it. Yep. So just take a cutting so you can cut down three or four leaf stems, and then just below what, where one of the leaves are. Um, just peel that leaf back and then you can root it up from there. You can propagate it from that point. Okay. Could it be bigger? Because I have, uh, yeah, you can, but it, it'll go I've better on branch, but I want to cut it off. Yeah. But you're better on, I wouldn't go much more than a, like 12 inches or something. Um, just cause the softer the wood, it's easier to root. Um, so you might need to get a, a, a stronger rooting hormone. Like we have a one, two and a three. So you'll just have to get the rooting hormone for a harder wood when you, if it gets older, that's all. That's all. Well, thank you very, very much. All right. Thanks, Ina. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. I need to take a break. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. If you'd like to join me, give me a shout, 403-974-8255 or 1-800-563-7770. And those are the talk and text line. And I'm going to go to the phone line and I'm going to chat with Calvin. Good morning, Calvin. How are you, Marl? Good, good. How can I help you? Uh, listen, I'm a superintendent of a building here. Okay. And the... Guy wants to sell the building, yep. which is fine. Um, the front lawn is really in bad shape. Um, it's got a lot of mud and stuff like that. Yep. Now, my wife was mentioning uh, Eden and stuff. I'm just wondering what kind of seed would you recommend? Um, or would you recommend something different? Like, I don't know. Yeah, it depends if it's, is there lots of, is it pretty shady or is it just where people walk all the time or? Uh, well, no, this is actually kind of half a day shade, half a day light. Yeah. Um, people don't really walk on the lawn that much. There is a fire pit there. Okay. Which I know is how to take care of. That's no problem. Um, yeah. But, uh the, the lawn, the mud and everything like that. Uh, yeah. I, I'm just wondering, like, what kind of seed could I use? Or well, I, what I would use, yeah, else? I would use, a, it's, we have a product called Ecolon. It's a, Ecolon. yeah, it's a blend of about seven different fescues. So it's a deep rooted seed. And one okay. of the biggest things I would do is in your lawn is switch to our lawn fertilizer, our 1632.6. Um, it really, okay. yeah, it has a high middle number. Most of the ones that you buy, you can't, they all, from the box stores or everywhere else, they have 3204 or something. There's nothing for the roots. Um, cause I have quite a few clients that have busy families with lots of kids or different things and they use our fertilizer and they just can't believe how strong it makes the roots. Um, so, and that's, what's missing with all the other fertilizer is it's all top growth. And if there's not enough okay. sun in that, and if you're just feeding it nitrogen, it just becomes really weak, and then you just get top growth, and there's nothing there. So um, right. I would I would level it out, put some new soil down, overseed with Ecolon, and then I would switch your fertilizer to our Green It Up lawn fertilizer, the 1632.6, okay. and you'll see a huge difference. Okay. Absolutely. Now, uh, for our backyard, yeah. now I, my wife, and well, I recommended it, was a mulching machine. Uh, the grass is really long, so a mulcher would probably be best, um, along with a weed whacker, which I 
got to my hands right now. Yep. Um, would a mulcher do the trick, you think? Um, you mean on a weekly basis or? Well, just to, you know, like level it out type of thing and the, to get rid of the tall grass and mulch it and then on a weekly basis, like uh, use a lawnmower or something on it. Yeah, no, I think a lot of it's just early spring going through um, with a, with a, either a, a sort of more of a bush moor type thing and go through and and just keep it low right from the beginning. And then, but if it gets real tall, unless you're leaving that grass long, um, it's it's always a tough one, right? And it depends it, how smooth. It's a tough choice. It's a tough choice. Yeah, so sometimes me. you might need just to rip it out and then and then either put a shrub bed in there or or replant it with well, proper this, grass uh, seed. This is a very big lawn. Oh, okay. It's, uh, yeah. Oh my God! Uh, it's got to be fifty to eighty feet and around twenty-one feet wide. Okay, so fairly big. Yeah. So if you get on the mowing right away, if it's beca- if you want it to be a mowed area, um, otherwise I'm not opposed to leaving some areas just long grass, leave them all the time, and just let and then okay. just keep the weeds out of those areas. And and then, but if you do an actual mowed path, like you know, like on a golf course where they have the rough. Like, just leave it long on purpose, and then it looks good that way. It looks good? Okay. Yeah, absolutely. So that's really important. As long as it's full, as long as it's no weeds in it. Just like like I said, if you go, like, Heritage Point Golf Course is a great example. When you drive by there, they have the really long areas with the long grass and things like that. It just looks really nice, and they use that as a feature. I do that on a lot of larger areas where I have, when we're doing landscape design and big yards where... Where they need a transition a bit from manicured to natural, um, some of the long grasses look great. So, okay, alrighty. Okay, I, I, I'm just going to mention this to my uh, the owner of the building, and uh, like I'm the superintendent, so yep. it doesn't really matter. But no, by all means. Uh, but if you need some help, yeah, and if you ever need some help, you can give our one of us a call at the store, and we'd be more than happy to meet you on site and do a consultation as well. Well, that's no problem because I'm going to use your store anyway. So there you go. Really matter. Awesome. Okay, great. Thanks, Thank you very much, sir. Thank you. Okay, bye bye. Take care. Bye bye. All right, I'm going to take the last break of the show. You're listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR. Welcome back to Let's Talk Gardening. I am Merle Coombs, and I'm going to go to the phone lines and chat with Judy. Good morning, Judy. Good morning, Merle. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Since it's um, the off-season and we've got a little bit of time to talk, I have a question that's always um, bothered me about fertilizing my trees. So you fertilize around the drip line. Yes. But that area is, of course, grass. Yes. Well, how is the fertilizer going to get all the way down to the tree roots because doesn't the grass take up the fertilizer? Um, it does, So, but usually if you're using a liquid lawn fertilizer, it's going to soak in, but there's, most of the trees all have a lot of feeding roots um, within the one or two feet down. Like A lot of the big roots aren't down super deep. So a lot of the feeders, like a lot of the spruce, they're all surface roots, and a lot of the trees have a lot of their um, feeding roots closer to the soil. I'll... Oh. Well, one I, I I usually fertilize is this little apple tree I have, yep. and um, 
so, but those roots would be deeper, wouldn't they? Well, they're they're not super deep though. Like they're like a foot or two down at the most. But so it's just a water soluble. Um, you can use a granular fertilizer. Just after, when, once the fertilizer in there and watering, yeah. it pushes the it pushes them down to the roots. So, um, a good watering schedule with a fertilizer schedule mixed in, um, it gets it down there no problem. So probably water real well before Absolutely. you fertilize. And then water again after you fertilize. Absolutely. To get it down there. Yeah, no, and it's that's the key to it is water first. Yeah. Um, and get it nice and saturated and then fertilize after that point. Because then it's already, it's starting to drink. And then you, you put the fertilizer down there. It's able to go down into the roots. And like I said, most of the feeding roots are closer to the surface. They're not super deep. Like they're not down eight feet or anything like that. So. Well, I'll tell you what I, so I've been doing sometimes in the past, I take the pitchfork and I'd make holes all the way around the drip line and then try and pour the fertilizer in those holes to make sure it try and got down there. But I thought, well, I don't, I don't know that that's necessary. But it, yeah. it, but it doesn't hurt the grass to a little bit of aeration and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so yeah. that's always good too. Um, you can use the, we have the root feeders too, where you can, uh, where it has a, a prong where it goes into the ground about six or eight inches. Yeah, I do have one of those. Those work, those work good as well, but really you, you don't need it if you just do the, and, and a newly planted tree, like anything under 10 years, um, there's going to be lots of room and, and you're able to plant uh, and fertilize just around the drip line, no problem. Mine are about 40 years old. Yeah, so you're going to have big drip lines, so use the soaker hoses. Okay. And even on some of those hose end sprayers, you can hook the sprinkler right up to them, uh-huh. and it'll just suck it, all the fertilizer, out of the out of the can slowly. Yeah. So you can do it that way as well. Okay. Okay. I'll do that. Do but really for- important is the, is the watering, though, first thing, yeah. especially this year. Um, with it being, it seems to going to be a fairly dry year unless we get a bunch of moisture coming. Um, early spring when we first see all everything going, when the ground's thawed, that initial spring watering is really important to all our trees and shrubs. So. Okay, I'll do that. Do you have time for one more quick question? Absolutely. Okay. My granddaughter wanted to grow something last summer, and we didn't have much time, so I said, well, we'll do radishes. And um, so I bought these radish seeds, they were coated so that, you know, they, yeah. I thought they were bigger for her to plant. But you know what happened? We got tops, we got radish tops, and we got roots, but we never got, like, the radish bulb. Yeah. Um, were they in the ground or were they... In a pot. Yeah, see, that's the hard part. And I, we chatted with a, a caller earlier. A lot of the root veggies don't do that great in pots, um, especially when we get later into the summer when it's really warm. Yes. Um, so radishes, um, carrots, that they need a bit of a cooler root. So if you're going to grow them, you need quite a big pot and try and shade the shade the root system so okay. it doesn't get really hot because otherwise it's just heat pushing up. Yes. And and it won't form the bulb. Okay, that that must be the answer then. Yeah, because when you told me you did it later in August and with radishes, um, I've had that same issue. They they if you have that sort of um, dapple light. Yeah. And a bit more shade in a bigger pot, like yeah. even if you can bury the pot in the ground somehow, um, that works really well. No, and I had it in the sun, thinking yeah. I needed that yeah. for them to grow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Thanks, Thank Judy. You. Take care. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Until next week, thanks for listening to Let's Talk Gardening on 770 CHQR.